2: Hi. Hi. Hello. <laughs> uh, we're Listen- watching Dave's Dave t- sleep at the wheel Listeners- over here. <laughs> we're watching Dave turn down the volume. <laughs> Listeners won't
0: won't hear that problem, no. but <laughs> <laughs> I try to be good at my job. You are. On the show. You
2: are. Uh, uh. We just weren't prepared for you to be good at you. We <laughs> were just too
1: entranced by our lovely <laughs> intro music.
2: <laughs> yeah, our, I mean, I do love our intro music. It helps that we had to pick it. Ourselves. I think it fits the vibe. Yeah, it does.
0: What Ugh. what's going on with you guys?
2: Well, Dave, have you ever heard of the guinea worm? I... <laughs> <laughs> I'm jumping right in. Do you this. have the guinea, guinea worm? Right or... No. No. Oh, okay. And guess who else doesn't? Who? South Sudan. Oh. Woo woo! Okay, so for those of you who don't know, which is probably a lot of people. I don't know. Guinea worm is this parasitic parasitic worm, as you know the name implies, which is basically terrible. So it is in unclean water and or, like things like that. And then people ingest the water. And let me just tell you, filarial worms are freaking weird people. What
0: would you say? Fl-
2: filarial worms. Filarial it's just like a, worms. A type of like I've par- heard of that. Parasitic worm. Right. So they just have weird life cycles. So the guinea worm, you eat it, it or you drink it, it goes into your intestines and basically it burrows its way through your body, through your lymphatics, right? I think. Mm, yeah. Or think so. something like that. Something like that. And to your legs and forms a sore on your lower leg and starts like protruding out of your leg and it burns like the dickens and so it makes people want to put their legs in water Oh shit! and when you put your legs in water it releases its eggs into actually I missed the step of the life cycle it releases its eggs into the water and then that's how you get infected water so what happens is I think that you drink infected water and then you poop out the eggs and then the eggs it's like fecal oral Mm. is that right? Anyway, I ha- somehow. Anyway, basically, what happened? It's, it's from drinking clean water that has not been purified. That is the moral of the story. The second moral of the story is the Carter Foundation, which is like from. Present-
0: wait, 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 wait! wait. We gotta, we gotta step what? back here, because the most intriguing part of that was the worm sticking its head out of your oh, yeah. of your leg, but you've cast doubt that there's the second version cast doubt. Was it is it true? No, it, does it stick its head out? And, yes, it does. And burn your leg.
2: That's how that's how it releases its eggs. Okay. And then you So it can eat release eggs. its eggs
0: either by poop or by sticking its head out and like
2: No, it's a different part eggs. of the life cycle. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh,
0: there's two. So there's
2: like two life cycles in oh. which you have to ingest it, I believe.
0: Cuz I love the idea even though it sounds horrifying of this worm sticking its head oh, out of your leg and going it gets better. Hey guys, I'm going to make you real uncomfortable so that you pass on my eggs to it, the water. Oh,
2: it gets better. Oh.
0: Dave.
2: Okay, so I'll tell you in a second. So the, Jimmy, the Carter Foundation, which is started by President Jimmy Carter, who is me and Corbin's favorite. <laughs> we love it. We have Jimmy Carter buttons anyway. <laughs> okay. um, so they, one of their goals is to eradicate guinea worm from the world, mm. which they're very close to doing, which is very exciting. Um, so what you do with guinea worm, instead of sticking your leg in the water, is you wrap it around a stick. And so you mm. wrap it around a stick. Wrap what around a stick? The worm that's sticking out of the your leg. The worm? hmm so you wrap, like around you wrap a st-
0: your leg around a stick. No. Okay.
2: So you wrap around a stick like centimeters a day because oh. you can't pull the whole thing out or it will explode oh. and get oh. the eggs all over. Yeah. Or you'll leave part of it in you. Yeah. Or you'll leave part of it in you. And it can get really infected, I think, if you do that too. So you wrap around a stick centimeters a day and these l- worms are freaking long. And like feet long, you can Google it. Yeah, it's. Real I was gross. gonna say
0: this is a this is a, a YouTube rabbit hole. Oh, I'll definitely. Probably yeah, going yeah, yeah, yeah it's real gross. If you like Dr. Pimple Popper.
2: Yeah, yeah, you'll <laughs> like this. You'll love this. Shit. Um. But anyway, so you like keep wrapping it around a stick, and eventually it comes out, and and you get rid of it. What, however you burn it or whatever. Okay. So basically what they've been doing is they've been going to these communities that have guinea worms still, and they've been teaching them about like clean drinking water and not to stick your leg in the water when you have guinea worm and all this stuff. And it's exciting because like they're only, I think, well, now that South Sudan doesn't have it anymore. So they, South Sudan hasn't had a case in 15 months, Mm. which is like, I think they're going to cross it off the list. Like, I think they're going to say like it's been eradicated in South Sudan. So the only... Um, countries where it's left are Ethiopia, Mali, and Chad. So, I mean, that's like super exciting because this is like, you know, the end of smallpox exciting. Like this is like, we're eradicating a disease that has like caused tons of harm.
0: I think it's so interesting when you can take a public health problem and eliminate it just by applying some simple things, yeah, some simple ideas, mm-hmm. educating a population well, it's simple Helping ideas. Honestly, really that's what most public health,
1: like, yeah, is. True. You know, we love like big fancy solutions, but like, right. yeah, like most, let's... most like life changing things are not sexy. They are simple. Right. You yeah. know, like boiling water. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, I mean, yeah. As you were gonna say, I think. Yeah. It's not. E- it's not terribly easy for these. Some of these interventions. Right. But. I mean, to us. Uh, you right. know, in 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 the developing the developed world, it looks like oh my god, these are so mm-hmm. these are such simple things.
2: Yeah, but anyway, I'm like super pumped about this. Um, one because I love public health, too, because like this is super exciting for the people who no longer have to worry about guinea worm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so anyway, that's and my, it it, it that's tends to
0: like when you when you say stuff like that, it, it tends to give me some hope for some of the other yeah like, uh, b- b- it, some of the other intractable public health things that. You know, mm-hmm. are, polio. Yeah,
2: yeah. Polio is almost gone too. Yeah, this is an interesting thing because me and Corbin had to get boosters for polio mm-hmm. be, when we went to Niger. Because I did Oh, you didn't? I, oh, wait. No, I'm thinking of meningitis. Sorry, I had to get a booster because they didn't trust my vaccine. Anyway,
1: I didn't because I
2: was given the oral vaccine. I was too, but they didn't believe me.
0: Anyway, well, you look that's a personal thing. Very untrustworthy. I
2: am untrustworthy. Um. No, we had to get boosters for something that was weird, though. I don't remember. Anyway,
0: I have another topic yeah. to bring up. Yeah. Hmm. I don't want to diminish the guinea worm, guinea worm results mm-hmm. uh, in South Sudan, but I did run across another trend, uh, which is okay, so engagement rings, right? Yeah. People mm-hmm. like people go, get engaged and they get an engagement ring. Why not dispense with the actual ring part and instead basically give yourself a diamond or whatever stone implant that sticks out of your skin. A dermal. A dermal. Is that what it's called? A piercing. Dermal, yeah, a dermal piercing, piercing that just sticks out of your skin where that ring would be.
2: Uh, I think people do this.
0: I know. That's it's what I'm saying. It's not like
2: commonplace, but it's also not commonplace to have a dermal either.
0: I just piercing. ran across this today. Yes. Yes. And uh, I don't understand why anybody would do this.
2: I say dispense with the ring in general and just buy a car or something.
0: <laughs> Cars depreciate.
2: <laughs> I'm watching the just just I'm watching the like show where with. they do that and they buy like a VMW. It's like two old ladies or two mm. too old um Old people in Britain who are like high school sweethearts but then like because of a misunderstanding they like never ended up together and now they like found each other after all this time it's so precious
1: that was my grandpa and my step grandma Maddie
2: that's adorable
1: they were prom dates and then they got married <laughs> oh, later so cute. they re-met up at a reunion
2: that's adorable yeah anyway but they like these people like bought a car instead of they bought a convertible because they have they both always wanted one instead of buying a ring it's very cute yeah Anyway. I don't,
0: I, so I guess the problem I have with this particular, like if you have a piercing, whatever, a dermal implant, I guess. That, so if you don't know, it seems to me like a dermal implant means that you 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 implant a base underneath yeah. your skin mm-hmm. and then into that base, which sticks out mm-hmm. of the skin, you screw in or otherwise attach the external portion of it. Mm-hmm. This That's is what correct. I learned, which is fine uh, if you put it in a place that you're not using constantly. Um, but if you put it in your hand or in your finger, like I can't even, I can't even like, I can do almost nothing with my hand that won't cut me. You know, like if I'm (laughs) doing a project or whatever, I'm going to cut my hand, which means that as soon as I did anything with my hand, that involved actual labor
2: mm-hmm. and
0: that thing would be torn right out of my body
1: think about yeah. how much it would hurt to If you like hit your hand on something, yes. it yeah. would like hit your bone. I don't know. I don't, this I mean, seems like I think people that, should do what they want to do, but like, yeah. uh, the reason people get rings is because it's a tradition. So yeah, I don't, I have no
0: problem breaking whatever. tradition. Yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, really, there's I'm,
2: a lot of things around weddings that are, yeah,
1: really I mean, tradition. I don't really, I think it makes a lot of it. Whatever people well, at its care.
0: at its at its heart <laughs> at its base, I have no problem indeed with having a dermal implant on your finger. Mm-hmm. It just to me means that you're never going to use that hand again. <laughs> right,
2: like, yeah, like it seems. Yeah, like yeah. I don't know. It seems impractical, but whatever. Um, yeah, it is a really impractical place. I mean, people and get painful. tattoos of their wedding bands, which is cool. Um, the other thing that's really cool is now they're making like these silicone rings. That you mm-hmm. can wear, like, which mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. actually, Holly, who is on this podcast, she has one because mm. she's a massage therapist, so, like, wearing a, like, metal ring would be, like, very hard, you way. know, when yep. you're, like, massaging people, so yeah. she wears a silicone A ring. lot of the doctors wear them in the yeah. hospital. A lot of, like, and her husband does, too, because he, like, works at a, a grain elevator, so, like, anyone who's doing, like, construction or farming, you know, those are things where, like, you can't, you shouldn't really wear a ring you should because, not like, wear a ring, you, yeah. you might lose your finger. Yeah, my dad never used to wear a ring. Yeah, so... Reason,
0: Um, I've never heard of a silicone because the
2: silicone ones will just like break if they're, you know, if you like pull them off.
0: Mm. Let's talk
2: about what we're going to talk about. Okay. So we had a listener write to us.
0: Oh, goody. Yeah. I love it when listeners write to us. How can, just let's get this out of the way. How can listeners write to us?
1: They can email the Vagabons Podcast at oh. Or yeah. Facebook message us. Yeah.
2: yeah. Or leave us a comment on our website. It mm-hmm. sounds easy, Katie. It is really easy. It's so easy. As <laughs> easy as pushing a button, Dave. <laughs> and typing <laughs> a little Just typing some words yeah. and yeah. pushing a button.
0: Well, who, who wrote so to anyway, us?
2: Uh, this listener, her name is Hannah. Hannah. She goes to the University of Florida. Oh. Um, she emailed us. Hi, Hannah. Um, she is an undergrad, but she is looking forward to going to medical school, hopefully. Woo. Um, and wants to pursue a career in women's health, which is exciting. That's all right. exciting. We're all for that around here. Um, but she, uh, you know, sent a little email. And then she sent another email. And she said, I actually have a quick question that maybe you could do during the podcast. So okay. I said, heck yes. So um, why do periods start to sync together when when you're living with other girls? Oh. So, so this is the old the age-old yes. question. Why does this Do happen?
1: periods sync together? Why so do they
2: sync together? So this is a phenomenon called menstrual synchronicity Mm -hmm. you know if you want to impress your friends Um, so okay anecdote I was telling Adam that I was researching this and he's like oh yeah that's totally a thing and I was like (laughs) this coming from a man who's literally only lived with at most three women at a time which would be his two sisters and mother I don't know how he thinks this is okay whatever anyway I, I was like okay Spoiler alert! It's not really a thing, uh, as we'll come to find oh, out. Sorry, but I was Hannah. like, I was like, it's not, it's not a thing. And he's like, yeah, it is. And I was like, when have you? I was like, how would you know? I was like, did your sisters' period sync up <laughs> when yeah. you all lived together? And he's like, I don't get paid to ask those questions. Right.
0: <laughs> okay.
2: I was like, well, then can't tell me it's wrong. Okay. Yeah. Um. So menstrual synchronicity, synchrony. Sorry. Um. Is also called the McClintock effect, um. Because Martha McClintock uh, was a psychologist who in 1971 published a paper in nature, um, uh, called menstrual synchrony and suppression. Um, so she did a, uh, a study of women at Wellesley college, um, of women who were living together in dorms.
0: A lot of women. Uh, yeah. So
2: basically a lot of, yeah, a lot of women living in the same, in the same place, um, and she said um, that, well, I think her this research was based off anecdotal evidence that she had seen before of lifeguards. So what she says was seven, seven female lifeguards um, who their periods were scattered at the beginning of the summer and after this three months together, the onset of all seven cycles fell within a four-day period. Ooh,
0: I know what's going on here. Okay, go ahead. Okay. I'm gonna see if I'm right.
2: Okay. Um, so anyway, <clears throat> so this is like what caused her to do this research. So basically she did this research um and she said that menstrual synchronization happens essentially is mm-hmm. is the point of the research scientific method so to be like a good study it has to be reproducible mm-hmm. so something that we talk about in science is yes you can have a study that shows something but just be first of all correlation does not imply causation and second just because you prove something one time if it's not re- reproducible then it's not trustworthy So attempts to reproduce McClintock's study have been questionable. So um, basically sometimes there's like some studies that have also found this effect and some studies that haven't. I would say from what I've seen, like what I've looked at in this research, a majority disagree with that the effect exists. Um, So a a lot of the problems with the original study are things on like how she had them report menstrual cycles in the first place. Um, and other things like that. And then the statistics she used, I think, were also questionable. Um, but there are still some people who like swear up and down that this exists. There's like current research, like more recent research papers that like swear this exists. There are.
0: Yeah, there's this one guy, Adam Verhoef. Yeah. Who <laughs> swears so. up and down this happens.
1: <laughs> Even though. I think it's a common held belief. It oh, is it, a it very it common held like, belief. And I believed it until I like had learned otherwise yeah. actually because people just tell you it's a thing and then you ask your friends and yeah, it I, just seems like you right, know yeah, i think yeah, yeah.
0: this so i hung out with i i the majority of my college days i hung out on an all women's floor right um oh dave i know Bye. but i love i still love them and we're still friends <laughs> um but i did want to get with most of them anyway the but bo- <laughs> i was young and foolish that's right. uh not that i was okay so shut up dave um <laughs> But we, yeah, we, we, this would be something that we joked about, you know what I'm saying? And that they joked about among each other. Like it was, it was common knowledge.
2: Well, this is like also, so one of my friends has like, you could like set a clock by her period. It's like so regular. So we Mm -hmm. joked that like she would like, so this is actually a thing that they've like tried to investigate in the, um. In like literature is that like if so if there is like an alpha female her period is
1: the dominant period. yeah
2: like if if there is an alpha female who like all other periods like sink to and so we always joke that she would be this person because hers like literally we all knew when it was coming because you could literally set a clock to it who like,
1: that thought just makes me just giggle i know lot. it's, it's so, funny. so funny
2: to think about
0: let me ask you who among you two is the dominant female menstrually
2: oh neither um, of us because we, both, yeah, have we both have iud's
1: <laughs> I think you are, Dan. Uh, so it's me, I guess. Yeah, it's <laughs> I don't know. I feel like maybe I probably still have more heavy bleeding than Katie does, I think. Currently? Currently, I'm yeah. I have zero
2: bleeding. Yeah, so, yes. so, oh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> so well, Corbin. Okay, we're all going to sync up to um, Corbin. Corbin
0: wins. Yeah, all
1: sync up to me. I I'll consider myself the gamma female.
0: I think uh,
1: <laughs> that's the person who doesn't participate in the alpha beta relationship. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: uh, oh, i'm just my own fuck the you know? alpha archarchy
2: yeah
0: alpha hierarchy yeah.
2: but yeah i mean yeah it is like this thing that's like joking and it's also i mean my th- this is my theory on it is that it's partly just like a uh, i'm trying to like what i'm trying to think of what kind of bias you would call it like a information bias sort of like because until you're living with a bunch of other women, when else do you talk about when your periods are? I see. Unless you're like with a bunch of other women that you hang out with mm, frequently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's like number one is that you could just be talking about it and because your close friend, I mean, because the person who you're most likely to talk about your periods with is your close friend. Right. So, you know, if you're talking about it and it happened, your periods happen to like be synced up, then like in your head it sticks out, whereas like every time when you talk about your periods and they're not synced up, then it doesn't stick out at all.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And second...
0: Wait, I, wait, 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 wait. I want to do this one. Okay. I want to know if I'm...
2: Okay, yeah, tell me. If I want to know yes. if I'm right. Yes.
0: I think this is the same as when you're sitting in traffic and everybody's got their turn signal on. All cars are supposed to blink at the same rate. It's a. It's the law. But oh. every car is built slightly differently. No matter what, you can't, that's not possible. Right. So, in the beginning, they may be all out of sync. But after a while, all of these cars with different, um, with different periods between flashes
2: mm-hmm.
0: appear to sync up um, after a while just by the nature of repetitive, repeated action.
2: Yes. They yes. eventually this, this look is like is they theory. sink up and then they spread this out again. Stinks.
0: You've seen this in windshield wipers. Yeah. And, yeah. And all the you know, any periodic system will right. will yes. eventually sink. That's what I think that's this is, really.
2: Yes, I agree. I okay. think so too. Yeah. This is yeah, this is my theory.
1: I listened to this um I, feel good I think was I to all, it was a reply all maybe. It was a reply all or radio lab. I don't remember. All my podcasts blend together. I know. Sam. But um, There was this, they were interviewing the dad of one of their reporters, which is why it makes me think it was Radiolab. But, um, so this dad, he thought he liked to go on drives to the countryside. Mm -hmm. And I mean, this is like, was a truly bizarre thought to me. So I was like, I don't even understand why this is an episode. But, um, so this dad thought that he was describing driving down the road and then there was a bike on the side of the country road, him driving down the road, and then a the semi coming the other way. And then eventually they all met paths mm-hmm. at the, and they were all lined up. Mm-hmm. And he felt like this happened to him all the time where things like that, all of the cars would be lined up. Like, isn't that weird? And he thought it meant something, right? He thought it was like this sign.
0: Something with, yeah.
1: But then the, you know, the the son had a st- statistician come on and just say, that's just like- actually, that's like, based on the amount of time you spend driving and the number of cars on the road, that's like actually yeah. totally normal thing to happen. And, yeah. And, and yeah. people
0: are built. People are literally built to pick out to stuff. pick out patterns. Well
2: yeah, yeah, like pattern recognition is a huge like way that it's we survive. How we survive. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. actually
0: it's a cog I look at it as a I'm not sure that this is technically true, but I, I look at it as a cognitive shortcut. You know, if you're yeah. being if you're being chased through the savannah by a lion, mm-hmm You don't want to stop to analyze that situation, try to figure out exactly what the right thing to do. No, you fall back on a pattern of behavior or, you know, if you are looking into the bushes, this might be a better analogy. If you're looking into the bushes and you, and you can analyze the pattern and pick out a lion face that's looking Mm, back at you, mm
2: -hmm.
0: you know, the better you are at that task,
1: right? Yeah. the
0: more likely you are to survive.
1: And then someone hands you a stapler and...
0: and then...
2: <laughs> you
1: become then, way better at that.
0: Right.
2: Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. But the, yeah, so like, I mean, I think we t- we talk about on this podcast a lot, like how evolutionarily, like, you know, pattern recognition and stereotypes, like, make sense. Mm-hmm. At the same time, like, we as scientists and, like, people who, well, especially Corbin I like, physicians, people who care for other people, like, we need to, like, draw the line between anecdotal evidence and statistical evidence. Right. Which is the problem with this study. Right. right? So the, the problem is that anecdotally, menstrual synchrony is a thing. Right. Statistically, it is not a thing. Right. So this is like saying, I ate these red berries and I got diarrhea. Well, is that because you ate the red berries or is that because you also ate water that wasn't clean? Right. Right. Mm. Which like a caveman didn't care. They just knew they got diet, Right. Like right. they didn't have like the scientific method to like reproduce the results. Um, but we do now. So like, I mean, that's why statistics matter.
0: I think what's also interesting about it, about this discussion of pattern recognition is you guys are, are ultimately going to be finely honed pattern recognizers. I mean, this yeah. is your bread and butter mm-hmm. most days, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to get some symptoms and you're going to, Fit those into your your algorithm, mm-hmm. and you're going to spit out yeah. uh, a treatment. Mm-hmm. I, a rolodex
2: you know. of mm-hmm.
0: right and, things.
2: Yeah. yeah, and
0: I mean, the, obviously, the art of this is knowing when to ignore the pattern. Exactly.
2: Yeah, it's mm-hmm. the hardest part of medicine, I think.
0: And it's probably also the, the most difficult part of science too, because yeah. you know, maybe McClintock fell into this trap, maybe mm-hmm. not, but you know, sometimes you got to throw the pattern away.
2: Yeah, which is hard. Um, but one of, so this is like another thing that actually that I was going to talk about is so, uh, one of the resources that I'm using that I'll link to is a Huffington Post article, um, about this research. And it, so the title is can women's periods really sync up? The subtitle is women reported anecdotally, but the science might not be there yet, which I have a huge problem with this subtitle.
0: That's an interesting subtitle.
2: I disagree with the premise of the subtitle. Yeah. Just because this is like so, it's so backwards. And the, it, the problem, it's the problem with popular science today
0: yeah.
2: is because people report it anecdotally does not mean it's scientific at all. Right. Like, it's not that the science hasn't caught up, it's that it's not true based on science. Well,
0: also, am I wrong, Corbin? Hmm. The science of detecting a period is not underdeveloped.
2: <laughs> also,
1: that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's not like, oh, we need to get more.
1: It's like you have a period, yeah. and you yeah. don't yeah. have a period. It's pretty simple. Yeah,
0: I mean, even the science of detecting hormones is not all that. Yeah, you know. Yeah, doesn't need a, all that much more work before we can determine that question.
2: And, and I also, I mean, I'm also like I don't know, the Huff, like all this like I mean, popular science journalism kind of pisses me off sometimes because so in the last in the last paragraph of that, all article, about the clicks, baby. Oh, that's true. Yeah. In making people feel good about themselves. Yeah. In the last article it says, um uh, reachers okay, so while there's no solid evidence of menstrual synchrony at the moment, that doesn't mean the book is closed on syncing up. Which is true. People are still investigating like pheromonal sources and mm-hmm. things like that that could, you know
0: Influence. I mean, there's other...
2: that's the thing right? Like about menstrual synchrony is that there's so many variables it's almost impossible to isolate. Right. So like if there is one thing that causes menstrual synchrony, it's impossible to isolate in like even like five different people, it's impossible to make them have the exact same experiences at the exact same times every single day, right? So it's it's very, very hard. So, I mean, maybe we're not there yet. Okay, so even if they, so whatever. Okay, continuing the paragraph. Researchers are still looking into the theory and women keep reporting their own non-clinical experiences with it. So, hey, if you think it's a thing for you and your friends and family members, why let researchers spoil the fun? (laughs) A little period solidarity never hurt anyone. I agree with their premise. Like, commiserate in your periods, but, just because... This is, like, something that drives me nuts with patients all the time. Just because you experience something does not mean that it's scientifically sound. Yeah. Like...
0: What's your approach when people do... <sighs> like, when, when patients... What, what do, you, do you guys have different I approaches? just, like, nod and smile,
2: I feel like. Mm-hmm. I mean... Do you
0: try to educate?
2: It depends on the patient.
1: I mean, it depends on what it is, too. Like um i mean usually i would probably say if it was something they felt like they experienced i and i didn't feel like there was any scientific evidence i'd be like you know like whatever you feel is correct but like i'm not going to tell you your feelings are wrong Mm -hmm. but i don't believe that there's you know for for my you know like for my like a consultant or whatever yeah, like i don't treatment sample i haven't seen any there is no scientific evidence to that you know conclusion or whatever you know what i mean mm-hmm. like i'm not going to tell you that like taking garlic pills <laughs> doesn't help your diabetes or whatever yeah or whatever garlic pills are supposed to help with i don't know arthritis i don't know whatever. but i'm saying that there there's no scientific evidence to say that Yeah, like and I do not feel comfortable necessarily telling you to do that because it is not within my like, you know,
0: Mm
2: -hmm. yeah, bounds to say that. Yeah, that's a better example. I think that's like a better, more specific example. That's what I would do, too. I would say I have I have not seen or heard any scientific evidence that supports what you're doing. And then if I think it's harmful, I will tell them. Sure. Yeah. So like, for instance, this is a bad one to bring up because I probably will get a lot of backlash. But ingesting essential oils, I believe, to be potentially harmful, so I will tell people not to do that. Because yeah. it causes burns.
1: Yeah, well, it causes burns anyway, on people's skins. Yeah, I've seen I mean it firsthand. Chemical burns yeah. on people's skins, so, so be careful. Anyway,
2: so this is something so, where, like, I don't care if you're smelling essential oils, Yeah. but please do not ingest don't them. Don't snort them. Yeah.
0: Maybe, <laughs> maybe dilute them millions of times until it's yeah. just a tiny fraction of the original.
2: No, I don't support homeopathy either, Dave. <laughs> <if>. Um...
1: <laughs> Well, and like, so I have a medical anthropology background and I believe firmly in like, you can't take away people's, like what they find meaning in, even if it's outside of, I mean, because it just basically encourages like a lack of trust in their physicians and a lack of trust in their, because culture is more powerful than biomedical science, (laughs) you know, it just is. And so as long as what. At least this is my opinion as long as what they're doing like doesn't hurt them i feel like for me for my anthropology background it makes more sense just to be like as long as you you can do that but here's what i want you to do for your disease as well yeah. so like
2: yeah it's kind of like you like don't unless it's hurting them just let them keep doing what they're doing while also like Pursuing a more right. scientifically sound route, yeah, yeah.
1: Like if you feel, if you genuinely feel that that makes you better, then like, yeah, more power to you. But yeah.
2: well, and the placebo effect is a thing for the reason a yeah. reason, right? Like it actually does. I mean, there is some truth to like if you think that you feel better, you will feel better. I think That's what, why the placebo effect is a thing.
1: I think what makes it really hard is that we just don't have studies on like whether things are harmful or yeah. like even what are what is in some supplements yeah and that
2: gets even more tricky for pregnancy too yeah
1: so that's where it gets really difficult where you can be like i'd love to tell you that this isn't hurting you but i can't tell you that for sure (laughs) of course i'm also a person that's under the belief that we as you know like medicine we don't know i mean i feel like we we miss out on a lot of things you know yeah. we
0: yeah, we don't know everything
1: we don't know everything and we don't I mean and
0: maybe and maybe our blind insistence on evidence <laughs> means that we miss things That's
1: great. yeah I mean I definitely think that sometimes we academic you know science and academic medicine has its own set of issues and it has its own set of biases mm-hmm. and it's based on a paradigm that was developed you know by man you know like yeah Yeah. essentially so it's not like it is the epitome of logic and the epitome of you know it's influenced by money and it's influenced by power and so it's not like it's the height of all knowledge because it's all based like i said on a paradigm Mm -hmm. that makes assumptions about what people are and what's good and so
2: yeah yeah
1: Without getting too philosophical,
2: <laughs> to make the ca- counter argument though, like what I for what I see personally in like my interactions with patients and people who are doing things outside of the realm of like traditional allopathic medicine, mm-hmm. it's also I I would say very very motivated by capitalism and money. Yeah, like yeah, the th- yeah. The thing is, like people who are taking supplements that aren't this is and this is what I always tell patients also is that supplements that you're taking are not regulated by the FDA. So, there's no way to prove that what they're selling you is actually what they're selling you. Yeah. Well, that's why. And um, so, there's that. And that's like the one thing I tell them is like, this is why I tell people who like, I have friends who sell like supplements, like Plexus type things. And I tell them, like, okay, good for you. Like, you take it, good for you. But I am not going to tell my patient who can't afford their $4 medication to take your stuff that costs $30 a month. You know, like, I I can't expect my patients to like pay for something that I don't know works when I could have them pay for something that I do know works. Mm -hmm. It's like,
1: so it's kind of funny because like, I, also I think about those labs that will like take women and run a whole bunch oh of battery gosh. of tests on them yeah. and tell them all these things like, oh, you're almost.
2: Your magnesium is low. Your magnesium yeah. is
1: low. Or you're like, you're almost menopausal based on, which is not. Yes. Like it's not like they, so they tell women all these things. I was actually at one of the local coffee shops and I was like, Listen, there there are these two women like. Um, talking about one of one of them went to one of these labs basically where they run all these tests and they charge you out of the you know they oh yeah because yeah, you your insurance doesn't cover it
2: which is also like a big red flag yeah
1: and so it's basically just these providers who want to make a crap ton of money Yeah. that'll yeah we'll run all these tests on you right. and run like essentially meaningless blood work because they
2: own the lab who's making money yeah on these tests. i had so no
0: idea this was a thing oh
1: yeah, yeah just because somebody can run a test on something doesn't mean that number means anything yeah like it doesn't mean like for instance your progesterone level <laughs>
2: doesn't mean anything no except for when you're like
1: pregnant yeah except for like yeah when you're pregnant or like you're going through ivf or whatever right but even then it's still kind of like a hand wavy number
2: yeah it's like based on you not based on like a standard right
1: and so anyway these ladies were talking she's like yeah i had i went to the u and nobody would listen to me which you know i don't know her situation and i'm not like you know i don't know who she saw and you know it's definitely within the realm of poss- possibility that nobody was listening to her mm-hmm. and you know like that's unfortunately medicine is run by humans you know like yeah it's but and i really hope i feel bad if that you know that's the case and but um and this was not my pa- anyone i knew or anything i was just eavesdropping rudely in a coffee shop yes and um but anyway so she went to one of these armp's or It was She said it was an ARMP. Functional medicine. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's a lot of times what they'll call themselves is functional medicine doctor. Yeah. And
1: so she had all these tests and she's like, and my progesterone was low, which means I'm almost menopausal. And then they told me I was hypothyroid as well. And the doctor checked my number and it was normal. So, and then they were talking about how, what a tragedy it was that insurance didn't cover these things. I'm like, it's a tragedy that insurance doesn't cover your quack medicine. Like- <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> well, that's the problem. I mean, this, this looks so valid. I mean, they're taking your blood and they're testing it for things yeah. and they're comparing yeah. it. and, and, you know, the, uh, probably the other part of it is doctors test these same things.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah.
0: And, and I mean, the, the difference is not readily apparent and they're testing these, these under- are doctors. Yeah. That's another yeah. problem. Yeah. Well, they're we, just
1: out to make a buck or two. We know, yeah. we
0: know about that. We There was a story in the news this week about uh, the doctor who, or the, the big pharma guy. I don't have it in Martin front of
2: me. Martin
0: No, oh. new one.
2: Oh, great.
0: Uh, basically, it was paying doctors to prescribe opioids. Mm. Um, unnecessary. A cancer opioid, by the way. Mm. A, uh, so some sort of... Um, yeah, I don't know what it is. Some sort of cancer uh, opioid, very powerful opioid used used for cancer patients, but basically selling them to patients who didn't need it. Hmm. Yeah. So, you know, not every doctor is honest. Yeah, no, um, it's unfortunate. Not every lab is honest. Um but yeah. I, but they're using yeah. the same what they're doing is they're using the same techniques and 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 basically subverting that right. technique or information.
1: And I understand that like medicine can be like you can feel like you're just a part of a big system that nobody really cares about. You know, you mm-hmm. patients can often feel like they're getting passed off and that, you know, people like physicians, providers have better things to do or that no one's listening to them. And, you know, I like can totally appreciate that. And I feel like that's what spurs on the desire for people to seek care care Mm -hmm. elsewhere and also i understand people's desire to have answers yeah Yeah, for sure well and and like no like i'm gonna be go through menopause in four years when the reality is like we can't tell you that right and like those uncertainties are scary and like life is full of uncertainties that are very scary and so it's people's desire to like take control of that but yeah
0: well, I, there's it's a, not
1: reality, you know. There's mm-hmm.
0: another thing at work here, which is that doctors don't always agree.
2: Yeah. yeah. So
0: given the same set of facts, yeah, doctors yeah. may not come to the same conclusion. We're, we're sort of in this situation now where Aze is a tree nut allergy. Um, we're considering um, oral immunotherapy mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. sort of diminish the, not cure, you can't really cure it, but to diminish mm-hmm. the effect of accidental expo- exposure, hopefully.
2: Right. It's harmful accidental harmful accidental exposure,
0: harmful accidental right? like exposure. exposure. Yeah. Um, and our doctor at UHC isn't buying it. Hmm. Um, but there's a, there are doctors elsewhere who who do, and I think maybe the reason that she's not buying it is because they just don't do it at Iowa, so she doesn't have.
2: She's not like familiar with the it, background.
0: I so. yeah. Maybe yeah, I mean, but which this is like
2: a thing too. Like whenever a new drug or treatment comes out, is like. You, you don't really want to be the very first person but you don't want to be the last person either right. to, you know right. like you want right. to be like in the well actually what we talked so i just took a leadership class what we talked about is you want to be an early adopter but not like a pioneer right it's like you know and right, this right. is a problem in medicine is that like you have the if you look at a bell curve so like the very first tail is the pioneers the first like upswing is the early adapters within a majority of people are in the middle. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that I mean, that's the problem with like new treatments and therapies is that a majority of people are in the middle. So right. it takes a while for everyone to be on the same page. Yep. Yeah. Wow.
0: What a great topic, Hannah.
2: Yeah. Gave to yeah. us with her
0: question about menstrual sinking upage.
2: And we yeah. ended up talking about the scientific method. Yeah. yeah, you know, And anecdotal medicine.
0: Thank you, Hannah. We
2: covet your we,
0: questions. Let me tell you something, Hannah. We if covet. you have other questions. Yeah. Since you're so good at asking questions. <laughs> send your Hit questions. Yeah, us email us again. Send your questions. Send your let questions. Let us
2: know if you, we sufficiently answered your question.
0: Which, okay. Let's have a moment here. Yes. listener.
2: hopefully more
1: than one.
0: Listener, listeners, do you have a question right now? Do you have a question that you could whip out your your portable computing device and and tap
2: on? Is talking about your cell phone to you who aren't to (laughs) not a millennial.
0: Get out your BlackBerry.
2: (laughs) Get out out your PDA.
0: (laughs) Use your T nine keypad to repeatedly (laughs) tap numbers. Send that question to us. How
1: can they send that question to us? At the Vagabonds Podcast at gmail.com. Mm.
0: or on Facebook, or Twitter, or Twitter, or, or Instagram. Instagram,
1: Instagram. You could hit, slide into our DMs on Instagram, I guess. Yeah, yeah.
0: whatever, sure. whatever, whatever way you want to do,
2: whatever you want.
1: All right so well, fallopian files oh yeah that's a thing
2: my fallopian i'll do mine first and let you guys think mine is specifically <laughs> about things that we talked about so uh, speaking of things that medicine used to do wrong oh my fallopian files is a podcast called sawbones Oh, so Sawbones is a medical history podcast Mm -hmm. by a family medicine doctor in West Virginia. Her name is Sydney McElroy um, and her husband, who is not medical at all. And they basically talk about old timey things that doctors did that were hilarious slash horrible and what we do today and why we, you know, why they thought these things and why we changed. It's very good. Um, There are a lot of things they talk about and they talk a lot about like things we talked about today, like why... Anecdotal medicine isn't always the best way. Mm-hmm. And it's it's very I highly recommend it. It's very good.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Sawbones.
2: That was also my first podcast I ever listened to. Oh. Yeah. Good. Holds a special place in my heart.
0: I guess I'm going second. Okay. Um, I would like to give a shout out to Mr. Pringle. Mr. Mis- Pringle. Mr. Pringle is uh is the
2: guy from the Pringles can
0: no. He is the um He's the band director at the junior high Aww. Aww. and he's retiring. Uh, and, uh, you know, he announced his retirement recently to uh, to the band. And uh, as I confess that he got a little misty eyed. No. But Aww. but Mr. Mr. Pringle is phenomenal. I mean, the things that he gets out of his orchestra, you know, for a middle school orchestra. They're
2: yeah, that's tough.
0: Basically <laughs> just killing it. Yeah. Um, and you can tell, like, he just asks a lot Mm -hmm. of the students, like things that I wouldn't have initially said, you know, they could do,
2: um,
0: they're, they, they often do. Yeah. And I just think that's really cool. I, I just, I just think that, you know, when you, when you have a, you know, music, I find music very important. I think music, you know, I, I played violin for a zillion years when i was a kid um and you know it was it, i don't do it now but it was important to i think it, i think it had an effect on who i became and i still remember a lot of it um and I, I, you know so hats off to music teachers everywhere but specifically mr bill pringle
2: nice all right chords what you got
1: oh man
0: so I many would, things. Hmm. How can you narrow it down to one?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I would like to do a shout out to CaringBridge, the website. Oh. My my uh my grandfather was recently in the hospital mm. and my mom opened a CaringBridge site for him and it was a really nice way to stay updated on all of his comings and goings mm-hmm. and so uh, and you can like send notes to the person oh yeah um, through there which is important for people who are in the hospital so I would say right. if you have nice. a loved one who's in the hospital or you know having an extended period of illness look into opening a caring bridge site for them
0: that's really cool Yeah. good one
2: alright well on that note we'll talk yeah. to you next week bye guys bye Thank mm-hmm. you.